Today I have Marky here with me. Marky is um, a bunch of different things. She's a yoga teacher. She's um, into astrology, so she's going to tell us a little bit about that today. And she's a friend I met through Hot Girl Walk Detroit. So, um, Marky, do you want to just tell the audience a little bit about you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you so much, first, for having me on. I'm so excited to be a guest. Um, so. As Jillian said, my name is Marky. I have a business called Suka by Marky, which I started about two years ago. Um, Suka is a word, a Sanskrit word that comes from a yogic background, and it means a lasting state of happiness or ease. And so, under that umbrella, I use a few different things to kind of achieve that. So, um, I am a practicing astrologer. I teach yoga. I host retreats. Um, and I just try to, you know, pull community together to do different mindfulness events. And um, yeah, I love it. I've been teaching yoga for about five years and the astrology is a little more new, but it's all um, super amazing. I love what I do. That's amazing. So I want to talk a little bit about like, how did you get into all this astrology, yoga? Yeah. So it's kind of funny when I was younger, um, I was always interested in like what people would call like the woo woo stuff. <laughs> um, and my mom was always like into like angel cards and, um, she had like the big astrology birthday book that I was obsessed with. Um, but obviously I just never thought of it as like a viable career path. Honestly, I, I went to college and I was in the business school and I was kind of more on that, um, traditional route, even though like something didn't sit right with me. And so it wasn't until I went to college at Arizona State, I moved to New York City after. And there I started practicing yoga in my little like 90 square foot bedroom <laughs> without a window. And I just needed something to like calm my mind amidst, amidst like the chaos of the city. And um, from there, I remember I saw a picture of this girl on Instagram and she was doing her yoga training in India. And I was like, oh, oh my God, that sounds so amazing. And at this point, I didn't even have a long practice. I just enjoyed doing yoga, didn't know anything about it. So I kind of just am the type of person to jump right in. Um, I didn't necessarily put a whole lot of thought into it, but I was like practicing for a few months and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go do my yoga training. So, uh, I went and I had a friend luckily who gave me some advice who had done it as well and went to India for a month, did my training and, uh, came back and I, I just knew that that was the beginning of something much bigger. And so I've kind of used yoga as a stepping stone to, I knew yoga wouldn't be the overall forever thing, but it's been such an amazing tool for my own self, but to share with other people. And that kind of led into, you know, years later, picking up everything else related to yoga and astrology and things like that. That's amazing. It's so amazing that you went to India for yoga teacher training, because I know a ton of people who have gone through yoga teacher training, but none that went to India to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was such an experience. Oh my gosh. I, um, yeah, at the time I just, I had traveled, but I'd never traveled to a country like India. And we lived in like these little, um, kind of like bungalow things with like clay floors. And we were practicing outside every day, like in this hut thing. And, um, you know, getting, it was like in the jungle. It was like a very authentic, um, experience and i highly recommend like if anyone is thinking about doing a yoga training if you have the means to go to a country like india um i couldn't recommend it more just be immersed in that experience is it was so special it was just a really amazing time in my life do you think a yoga teacher training program here in michigan or in the states really differs a lot from the program you did in india so I think that like I have met some other yoga teachers that have an incredible amount of knowledge that have done their training, you know, stateside or locally. And I think that, you know, I think the most important thing is you need to find a program that resonates with you mm -hmm. and that you like the teachers and it feels, you know, good. And 
I would just, I would do a little bit of research if you're thinking about it. And I, I, what I liked about the Indian experience is more of like the experience as a whole. It wasn't necessarily the information. I do feel like I got authentic information in regards to like poses and um, things like that and the anatomy. But I think that there's such talented teachers here that you could do the same thing here. It just matters, like, what are you looking for? Like, are you looking for the community? Are you looking for the experience? Are you looking for, because, you know, you can get whatever you want from certain programs. What was the most challenging part of yoga teacher training for you? Ooh, okay. So I thought that when I finished my yoga training, I was going to be like this expert. (laughs) And what I really realized was that I finished finished the yoga training and I knew nothing. And in a way, like, yes, I was qualified to teach and share this, but it really made me realize there's so much more to learn. And I don't know if that was challenging in a bad way, but it was just a challenge. Like it made me realize like, okay, like now, now I have a responsibility. Like I can't just go and say I'm a yoga teacher and, you know, do whatever. Like I have a responsibility of this knowledge and to like share it in the proper way and the authentic way. And for me, like that was a good challenge. Like that was a challenge I was up for and it was more exciting, but it was definitely like kind of eye opening and realizing that that was actually just the beginning when I thought it was the peak. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really resonate with that. Like even in my past doing coaching, I feel like I had to constantly learn because I had like a responsibility to my um, clients Yes, to mm-hmm. keep on learning, keep on healing so that I could bring them, you know, all that great information too. So it's a constant journey if you step into like a teacher role or a coach kind mm-hmm. of role to keep on learning so that you can share the, the best knowledge with your clients or whoever you're teaching. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And that goes for like so many things in my life, especially the yoga and now the astrology. you know people start asking you questions about like whatever you're coaching or you're teaching and I'm sure you've experienced this too and then you know it's kind of like this nerve-wracking time period where like maybe you don't fully know and people are asking you because you're this kind of expert or guide now and you just have to figure it out but one of the things somebody told me one time was that the people that you're like leading or teaching or guiding like they are coming to you because you are more knowledgeable or like maybe further along the path than they are. And so like, that's something that really helped me because I would think like, Oh, I'm nervous. Like what if somebody can, you know, no, like somebody knows that I'm not farther along on the path or like, I don't know everything. And I realize I'm never going to know any, in everything at one time. So like, I just need to, teach what I know. And then like my knowledge will grow and then my clientele will grow and so on. So yeah, absolutely. I think the big misconception is like coaches or yoga teachers are perfect or something like, oh, Mm -hmm. they must know everything. And the reality is like, we're all just learning. And my biggest thing when I was like going through my coaching program was I had such bad imposter syndrome for a little bit there. And the coaches that helped me through the program, the coaching program that I took, they helped me break that. And that just ignited so much for me. And I was able mm-hmm. to to reach the right people, the right clients, um, because exactly. I was able to break through that imposter syndrome. Because even though I I was at one point in my journey, of course, and, and nobody's ever perfect, we're never going to get to that state of being perfect. But I was at this one point in my journey where I was able to help other women who were at Mm -hmm. a point in their journey where I once was, and that's what led me to coaching in the first place. So um, it's kind of like, you know, just showing up as yourself and, and being unapologetic about um, what, what you have to offer and just being, being yourself really. Yeah, no, I absolutely. I, I like the unapologetic aspect of that because once you can master that of like, not shrinking yourself and not, um, you know, I think we have those natural tendencies to try to like shy away from our accomplishments or like what we've been through. And when you can just own it, like then you take your power back, you know, because if you're trying to shy away from those experiences, that's when you're embarrassed or you have imposter syndrome. But when you're like, nope, this is what I, 
you know, this is what I learned. This is my lesson. Then you can share that. And I feel like, you know, having that confidence is so important. I was literally just thinking that like the confidence, like the Mm -hmm. self-confidence that being unapologetic builds too is so incredible. And that's just such a big thing for me in 2023. I feel like I've kind of set the groundwork for myself, but just like continuing to build on that, you know, I'm going to be like unapologetic. I'm just going to show up and do the things I want to do and hopefully have an impact on other people while doing it. But yeah, yeah, I think it's inevitable that you'd have an impact on people, you know, by being yeah. authentic. I feel like it's just a trickle effect always. Absolutely. And you, you can't be everything to everybody. But I feel like, you know, when you have good energy and you put that out there, I mean, you know, you work with people to to do astrology readings and yoga. So um, tell me a little bit more about that. Like, how does that fuel you to continue? Um, doing what you do. Do you have any like great stories about people you've worked with? Yeah. Um, so I just absolutely love astrology because, well, so many reasons, but I, for me personally, learning more about my own birth chart, I found so much compassion for myself and it validated me. Like I am a words of affirmation girly. And so like being able to affirm things and validate things for my own self gave me more confidence. And then I realized like, wow, what if everyone had access to this? Like when I look at a birth chart, like I understand it now as a blueprint and a cheat sheet to literally living your best life. And so when I interpret a birth chart for someone else, like I can see so many different things pop up for them like either they are accepting of who they are right like maybe there's parts of yourself that you don't enjoy that much or that you're down on yourself for and oftentimes I can see that in a birth chart and like helping people learn to love themselves and learn like hey this is who you're meant to be like the cosmos like it was written in the stars you know and so learning to love all parts of yourself but also the astrology I just think it helps you tap into like, you know, your highest self or where you're supposed to go. It helps you recognize your strengths. And instead of, you know, we get so easily sucked into just like the societal norms and, you know, pressures of our family and our community and what we think we're supposed to do. And I feel like we all usually have this kind of like inner guide, right? We have this intuition that you know, maybe is giving you like a little nudge, like I want to change careers, or I want to do this. And I feel like getting a reading, you can usually see those things. And it puts a big light bulb into people's minds, like, oh, okay, yes, like, this is what I meant to do, or okay, I do want to pursue that. Or, you know, you can even see cycles of themes in your life. And, and those themes could be hard things like hardships that have happened in your life, right? But if you can learn that, like, oh, that's just part of my life lesson, I think it's easier to accept those things and find lessons from them and then be better prepared for when they continue to to come. So I feel like astrology can be so helpful in so many different ways. And I just love that it encompasses so much. And it's just so much more. I always tell people like it's so much more than just your horoscope. It's so much more than just your sun sign. Like it's a full spectrum, you know, life personality tool. So that's really why I love it. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know too much about astrology. Like I've done my birth chart. So I know like the sun, moon rising, I have CoStar and I have some of the other apps that, you know, I look at these apps and I'm like, I don't really know what any of this means where it's like the trans (laughs) transients, transients, transits. Yeah. The planets, like if you think about it, here's a good way to like understand just like the initial lingo, like you have a birth chart, right? So sometimes called a natal chart, you might hear it called Mm -hmm. that. So that is like, imagine if you took a screenshot of the sky, the moment you were born, like you look up from the hospital room or wherever you're born and you pause the planets, all those planets and where they are and their relationship to each other make up your personality and your life lessons and things that happen in your life. But 
the transits, obviously the planets are continually in orbit for the rest of your life. So obviously we're always getting affected by the planets in different ways. So there's a lot, like it can be more of a snapshot, but you can also use it as a tool for like currently, like where we are as a collective. That's why people are always like, oh, Mercury retrograde and, you know, right. things like that, because there's always current movements too. Got it. Okay. So what are your beliefs around Mercury and retrograde then? Um, I know people who are like, this is bullshit. And then I know people who are like, <laughs> it's Mercury and retrograde. Like my dad is always telling me like, it's Mercury and retrograde. So like, don't do anything big. <laughs> Yeah, so it's one of so it happens about three times a year. So it's actually a pretty frequent transit. So it's not something to freak out about, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think I think all transits are here for a reason. And like it's just like the cycles of you know the seasons, just same thing with the transit. They like they all have different lessons, but specifically for Mercury being retrograde. It's more of just a time to um, reflect. So Mercury represents our communication. Mercury is a plan of communication and expressing yourself and things like that. So when it's retrograde, it's like, okay, we just need to go a little more inward, like double check things. You know, uh, this coming year for 2023, I believe Mercury is going to be retrograde in all Earth signs. So that relates to work. So you might notice when Mercury like it's in retrograde right now. Um, maybe you're just thinking a little bit more about work. You're thinking a little bit more about like the details. You need to like double check emails. They usually say like double check and make sure that, you know, it's also maybe technology related. So like making sure that things are okay, like not signing any big contracts, not making any big commitments. It doesn't mean you cannot start things. Like I always say like, don't ever let a planet or a transit or anything prevent you from doing something, but maybe you just need to like double check or, you know, reassure yourself and kind of review things before you move forward. Right. Okay. That's good to know because my dad would tell me, don't sign that piece of paper until <laughs> you, you know, it's not Mercury <laughs> anymore. I mean, it's, you know, he does have a valid point. Sometimes it's better to like hold off on certain things like that. Is yeah. your dad into astrology? I, not even really. <laughs> <laughs> he just like really is I don't know I think Mercury in retrograde has got him a few times now, yeah so he's no, like I... <laughs> very he's a big believer <laughs> gotcha yeah no honestly and it's so funny because sometimes I notice like people who aren't even necessarily super into astrology are living so much by the cosmos mm -hmm. and they don't even realize it you know but Mercury right. retrograde I feel like is definitely become like a you know, keyword, a, a hot topic for people. Um, and I think people think if they don't know a lot about astrology, they think that it's BS. And there's actually is good reason to it. And it is a legitimate thing. So um, take it, take it for what you will, but it's nothing to freak out about, but it is something to pay attention to. I've always loved film photography. I took a film photography class in high school and I absolutely loved it and we would develop film in the dark room but gone are the days where you're going to catch me trying to develop film in a dark room because one that is difficult and it's very easy to mess up your pictures if you're not a professional at it and also two I don't have time and I don't have access to a dark room so if you have a interest in film photography, if you just like snapping pictures on a disposable camera, this is the perfect service for you. Indisposable is my go-to film development app because what I do is I just send in my film to them, they develop it for me, and they just post it on an app straight directly to my phone, and I can download the pictures there to post on social media or send to my friends. It's all digital. There is no hassle involved. And if you use my code Jillian, that's literally it. It's my name, J-I-L-L-I-A-N, you will get 10% off any disposable camera film development, or you can even buy film cameras on their website. I'll be adding a link in the show notes in the bio so that you can easily just visit their website and use the code. Well, cool. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> I had a really <laughs> random question pop up when you were just saying that. 
how does astrology affect our health? Because I think about like how, you know, living by the moon is something Mm -hmm. that is talked about a lot when uh, we talk about like women and menstruation. So, you know, how does astrology affect our health? Is, Is there a correlation with that? Yeah, absolutely. There is. And this is something that I want to, the astro- the medical side of astrology is something that's pretty new to me and something I want to dive more into this year. But I got to go to an astrology conference last year and a few workshops related specifically to astrology and health and medical astrology. And that is like a whole world in itself. So mm-hmm. a couple of things come to mind. So one, um, Every zodiac sign usually rules like a body part or like multiple body parts. So like, for example, cancer um, rules like the breasts and the stomach. I know Taurus is related to the lungs. Um, I don't know all of them off the top of my head, but you could always like look up like what, you know, sign rules, what body part. And that's something to pay attention to because usually that could be some kind of major theme for someone's life if they are, you know, a cancer or an Aquarius or whatever. Um, the other thing is that there are some incredible astrologers who focus solely on this topic. And I have, I just got a few books about it, but they have even exercises that relate specifically to your, um, you know, your chart and like what works well for you and what kind of, um, movement is good for the archetype that you have. And it's, again, not based only on the sun sign, it kind of takes into a whole, um, a whole picture of like, what's your sun, your moon, your rising, what's your chart ruler, that's a kind of astrology lingo that we'll use. But there's a lot that goes into that. And I think that's so fascinating. And then at the same time, you can also you use astrology and the moon to honor your cycles of energy. So I love the relationship between the moon and the menstrual cycle. I think that's super fascinating. And, you know, just like the menstrual cycle has four cycles, you know, the moon has those four major cycles. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's like, to me, it seems so obvious, you know, like the moon affects the tides of the ocean. Like, why wouldn't it affect us, you know? And I know people are always like, it's a full moon. People are acting crazy, but like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely. a full moon, you know, like it's, it's illuminating every, everything. Like it's shining bright. And I just think that, you know, once I kind of unlocked being able to harness the energy of the moon, it really changed the way that I lived my life. Like, you know, if the moon is in Taurus, like maybe I'm going to be a little more leisurely and like enjoy the simple pleasures of life if the moon is in Aquarius maybe I'm gonna like be more techie and you know be focused on community and so like when you can figure out the cycles of the moon and like tap into that energy I feel like it's just like a boost you know like you don't have to do those things but it's helpful to be aware of it and like use it as a toolbox for yourself definitely I think it's like living more in sync with how nature is too. And I think that's so important in today's world. I mean, I try to, Mm -hmm. you know, there's certain ways during your cycle, how you should eat at different points in your cycle. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that just like incorporating all those things, whatever kind of works for people is so smart and really cool and interesting that, you know, astrology can affect so many different parts of our lives. Yeah. And I think it's just, you know, something that not a lot of people either know about or maybe they don't think it's legitimate but honestly I would just urge people like give it a try you know there's um plenty of people on Instagram that you know post like the you know weekly transits of where the moon is and they give you suggestions of like you know try to do these activities during this moon cycle and you'll notice that you might already be kind of doing those things without even realizing it, you know, which is just great. And the other thing I wanted to share based on astrology and health is that each person has something that's called a chart ruler, and it's a planet that rules your chart. It's based on the rising sign. And so whatever planet rules your rising. So um, like if you are ruled by the moon, that's going to be really important to pay attention to the cycles of the moon. So if you're a cancer rising. But, you know, I encourage people to like 
go online and look that up because you might notice that like those cycles of those planets affect you even more as well. So just something fun to think about. Got it. So like my rising is Gemini. So I would the associated planet. Okay. Mercury is the associated planet. So yeah. So maybe Mercury does affect you. (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So you would look at that and like, you know, for some people that's not going to apply as much, like some planets are way slower moving. Like, you know, if you're Scorpio rising and you're ruled by Pluto, Pluto's moving so slowly. That's not, that's not going to be, um, the transits aren't going to be as frequent, but you know, if you're ruled by the moon, if you're ruled by Mercury, even Venus or Mars, like those planets move much, they have a much shorter orbit. And so those things are going to be, um, like those transits might be more prominent for you. So transits as in, yeah, like life changes kind of? Yeah, yeah. You could notice like certain themes happen in your life. Um, They could be just related to like how you're feeling or, Mm -hmm. you know, like it could maybe stir certain events. So it's just kind of like an, I like to think of it as like an overarching theme of like whatever that season is of your life. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that's really interesting. So I'm, of course, there are like a lot of skeptics of astrology. Mm-hmm. What do you think like one of the biggest misconceptions about astrology is like if you could tell the audience one thing that is really important for them to know about astrology, what would you tell them? The biggest thing. Okay, this is hard to narrow it down to one thing, but I would say. I think a lot of people are skeptics because maybe they've read their horoscope at one point and they realize that this is never true and it doesn't resonate. And to that, I would say a couple of things. One, depending on who's writing those horoscopes and depending on you know the magazines and everything that we grew up with, you have to think like what kind of things are normally in magazines or like fluff articles and things like that. Like it's not always authentic or, um, you know, really ethical. I sometimes even of just like how people like put things in, like it's a lot of taglines and things like that. The second thing is that, you know, if you're really trying to figure out like how you are related to your chart and horoscopes, it's not even your sun sign. It should be your rising sign. So like actually getting to know like at least your sun, moon, and rising is going to be really, really helpful for you. And the other thing I want to say is like astrology is not, I'm not psychic. <laughs> I'm not reading people's minds. Um, I'm simply interpreting. So, you know, I am like a messenger in a way and I'm just re I look at astrology like you'd look at a language and I am interpreting what the planets like between the relationships of the planets. So I think a lot of people say like, oh, can you read my mind or can you predict this? And yeah, you can do some predictive astrology, but it's not um, it's not as mystical always as some people think it is. And I think some people think it's like, you know, working with spirits or something, which personally, I'm totally open to, but like, that's not it, you know? So it's, it's a little more, um, there's a little more structure to it than people actually think. That's what I'd like people to know. And you can get a lot more information by looking at a birth chart, which to do, you need your birth date, location and time of birth, ideally. So, um, you know, I would just ask people to have an open mind to it. And, you know, it's funny because even some of the skeptics that I know, after I talk about it over and over again, they're like, all right, well, I guess I can kind of see why this is, you know, this is the case. And the other thing is like, there are certain signs and there are certain energies that are just naturally more skeptical. So I just learned to accept that through astrology. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I think you said that all so perfectly. And I was also thinking you read like Oracle cards too, correct? So I do, yeah. Yeah, like that's the same as like angel cards. And yes. Is it the same mm-hmm. as tarot or it's like slightly different than tarot? The tarot's slightly different. Um, so like for the angel cards and oracle cards, um, those are decks just like tarot decks. But I don't have a I actually don't have a lot of experience with tarot. Tarot, like the cards actually all have like a specific meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're 
I wouldn't, I don't know if literal is the right, right word, but like they have a more exact um, definition for each card. Whereas Oracle cards are angel cards. Like, yes, it has a message on the card, but it's a little more like intuitive and open to interpretation. So I feel like I like the Oracle cards and angel cards because usually when you do a reading for someone, it's kind of, you know, I mean, same thing with tarot, like it can be very specific to what you have going on, but the Oracle cards are just, um, for me, like, I don't know if flexible is the right way to describe it either, but they're just a little more open. Yeah. I have a deck of angel cards that I love. Um, and I just use them for myself and it's very like, like you said, it, it's more like open to interpretation and kind of like just letting, like I'll pick a card or something. I'll do like a certain, it has like a little guidebook with it. So I've done the little guidebook things in there and I'll kind of just like interpret the card for myself. And, and it really does give me a lot of clarity in a sense. I know I'm not like trying to predict my future or anything like that, but I'm just like, clarifying different parts of life for myself and it's very comforting and I think a lot of people think like you said in the beginning of the episode so it's like like these things are kind of like woo woo or whatever (laughs) but I don't I don't know I don't consider myself like someone who's like deep deep into like quote-unquote woo woo stuff but I think like angel cards are so incredibly like first of all very fun to just play with and exactly um just get a little bit more like introspective about life because every time I pick up that deck it's just like I take Mm -hmm. a minute I sit down I light a candle sometimes maybe I have my little essential oil diffuser and I just like get like deep with myself and intuitive with Mm -hmm. myself and I feel really grounded after yeah I love that I have had like amazing readings doing angel cards and I think they're such a powerful tool and the other thing that I think you know a misconception about angel cards for example is like people you know might doubt those too but it's like your intuition knows best and so like when you're pulling these messages it's like something that you already know but maybe you're burying or you're not allowing yourself to see and I feel like once you pull those cards and or a card and you get that message it's like like I can take a deep breath. Like this is what I needed to hear. This is what I needed to know. And it, I love that you said it's fun because I think that's such an important aspect of cards, yoga, astrology, like spirituality and all of these things don't have to be so serious. Like that's a core value for me is like making these things fun and accessible because if you're not in a energy state of like fun and love, then like, you know, what are you doing? Like, you know, like you have to enjoy these things because if you're going into it fearful and scared, then you might get that same energy back. And of course, you know, we're not always feeling fun, but you know, when you're, you know, open-minded and willing to try these things, I think you can get really good feedback from the universe. So that's why I, I love them too. I love that you have a deck. Yeah. I use mine all the time too. Yeah. I think it's, you know, fun and then getting to know yourself better. And I think a lot of people unfortunately struggle with that struggle with Mm -hmm. wanting to sit down and get to know themselves better because when you get to know yourself you sometimes dig up the really tough stuff that you don't want to always confront um so maybe that scares people for that reason too you know these things are ways to get to know yourself just like uh personality tests you know I love different personality tests like Meyer Briggs um, Me too. Sorry, like, I was just talking about like the disc personality test the other day. Um, oh, I don't know that one. I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about it for work, honestly. Um, so I like looked at mine because I had like all these saved in the spreadsheet of all the personality tests I've done over the years. So I had that saved and I was like, oh, I forgot about this. Um, but then like love languages, like you said, yours yes. is words of affirmation. Mine is quality time. So I made my boyfriend take it at the beginning of our relationship. <laughs> I was like, take this quiz. <laughs> um, but it's so helpful. It's, it's so, so helpful, helpful to know those things. Like they're all of these tools matter. <laughs> yeah. And I think those kind of things really help like relationships, no matter what kind of relationship, like, 
Agreed. I know, you know, like my mom took the Meyer Briggs. She's more of an introvert than I am. She took the Enneagram too. She's, I'm a four wing three and she's a four wing five. So we're very alike, but she's Mm. like more of a little bit more of an introvert than I am, even though she doesn't necessarily appear as an introvert, but she needs her space, you know? Yeah. Um, And it's all just really interesting. Like, yeah, I've made my dad take the Enneagram too. I've made my boyfriend take it. (laughs) So that's how um, I am with astrology. I make everyone around me give me their birth time. (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? Like whatever it is that you're using astrology, Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, like, you know, human design, you know, some people are talking about Mm -hmm. human design now. Like if that's what, like find something that works for you or that you enjoy. And if you can have like your loved ones take those things too, it's just a better way to like, you know, understand the other person and like have more, you know, conscious, like un- compassionate relationships. And, you know, who doesn't want that? Yeah. Just using it as a guide. You know, I think mm-hmm. that goes into the misconception that people think these things are psychic, like you said, but it's just using things as a guide. Yeah, exactly. And even, you know, even if you go and see psychic, you know, that's a tool too. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like a matter of, finding, you know, a little bit of everything that works for you. And like, you know, but yeah, like you said, it can be scary to dive into these things. And I think that's why some people are like unwilling to, you know, open up that can of worms. But I just, I do think that some of these things like find people at the right time, like when it's meant for them to find the lesson or find these tools, they will find it. And, you know, then it'll make a lot of sense and understanding for them and and their life but you can't always force someone to try them either so no absolutely everybody has to just come to it on their own timeline so um i want to take this conversation a slightly different direction and move into um talking about the retreats you do which i know you did your first one what was it in mexico last year yeah yeah we went to um It was a couple hours outside of Cancun this past June. And uh, yeah, oh my gosh, it was amazing. It was the first retreat I hosted, but not the first retreat I planned. So I've planned a handful of retreats. um, And because of COVID and other reasons, like they weren't able to um, go on as planned. So this one was really special to be able to put all of the work into action and actually be there and and experience all of the magic of it. And we had the most incredible time. There was, I believe, nine of us total. And we stayed in the cutest little uh, villas. And we did some yoga and meditation every day. And we ate like delicious fresh food. And we played in the ocean one day and went on some excursions. And of course, I taught a handful of astrology workshops. And Yeah, we just had, it was a very special experience. We did something called a Temescal ceremony. I don't know if you're familiar, but it's like a sweat lodge. Okay. Um, They use it in a lot of like indigenous, um, indigenous cultures, or at least in the Mayan culture, I know they do. And I think maybe Navajo or like some kind of Native Americans use it as well. And wow, that was something that I think was a little nerve-wracking for all of us we had never done it and you're in this extremely hot sweat lounge essentially for like three hours and it's all about like purging yourself and the idea is you go into it and it's like a womb and you come out and you're like reborn um that was for sure like the most impactful part of the experience for me and you know just being able to like be with these people and create a community and guide them in a new way and have so much fun doing it again that's such a big part of it for me is to make it fun I yeah I honestly can't ask for anything more that's why as soon as that retreat was done I was like okay I am onto something here I love this like these will definitely be a mainstay in my future that's amazing yeah I know you and I have talked privately about retreats before and I just think it's so exciting that you're so into retreats because that's something I want to do more of. Um, and you know, you have one coming up right in Guatemala. I do. Yes. Um, yeah. April. Mm-hmm. April 2nd to the 8th in Guatemala. It's um, going to be similar themes, you know, little astrology, little yoga, 
swim in the lake. I, I Something that's important to me too is like wherever I'm doing a retreat, I really want to honor, like if we are in a different con- different country, like honor the local culture. And, you know, I don't want to be one of those people that just like takes people to an all-inclusive thing and we never actually get to experience the culture of where we are. So like, that's always important. And um, yeah, that's coming up. So if anyone's interested, they can definitely reach out to me and I'm super excited to do some retreats with you this coming year hopefully too that'll be so fun it's just a it's a great way to meet people to make new friendships to learn about yourself I mean there's so many benefits yep you know building community having that space Mm -hmm. for healing health wellness all those things I think yes merging those those things together is just obviously one of my big passions and I know you align with that too so I'm so excited. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Yeah, I know it'll be great. (laughs) Yeah. So what like, what really inspired you to start doing retreats though? Yeah. So I actually right before I went on my yoga teacher training, I got to go on a retreat with one of my friends and she was hosting it. And as a guest, it was just a really beautiful way to honor myself to have intentional rest without anxiety or feeling unproductive and I love I love to travel so for me that retreat was in Bali which was a beautiful blessing like to be able to go to these different countries is I'm so grateful for that and just to be able to immerse yourself in these like new cultures, I think there's something to be said about, that's why I I have a thing for kind of, you know, doing retreats in different areas, or maybe, you know, trying to help people get to places that they haven't been before. And when you kind of get taken out of your comfort zone, like even if it's, you know, even if you're doing a local community event, but you're doing something out of your comfort zone, I think that's really powerful. And then when you can do that, with other people like it's just this way to form very special bonds that you don't always get when you're just you know doing day-to-day tasks with your friends or your community so for me um i went on that retreat i knew that i wanted to do something related to travel i knew that i wanted to build community i knew that i wanted to share these different you know aspects of myself and so i figured like what better way than to you know go on these adventures with people and help people have these like beautiful experiences. So it was kind of a no brainer for me, honestly. That's awesome. And I think it's so important, especially in adulthood. I mean, I hear this all the time with the hot girl walk group, like having connections in adulthood that kind of bring you outside your comfort zone too. I mean, a lot of the girls that come to hot girl walks, they, they show up by themselves and they're, you know, just open to meeting new people, which I think has been one of those things for me, which has been has been honestly crazy because I didn't know mm-hmm. how many people were just really open to, to putting themselves out there so much. But it's really cool to like connect with those kind of people. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a really cool experience to be able to watch people grow too. And it takes a lot of courage to do that too. Like I have to, well, one, I have to commend you for starting that because Thanks. starting something like that and hosting is really um, scary sometimes because you're like, anyone even going to show up? <laughs> you know, like that's how I feel with these retreats sometimes. Yeah. And I'm sure you probably felt like that with the locks, but it's like, these things pay off. Like we're not the only ones feeling this way, you know? And, you know, selfishly, being able to host or like lead the walks is the perfect way to allow yourself to like introduce yourself to other people to make those connections and make those friends because you have to like you're the one leading and sometimes almost leading is easier than showing up as a guest because totally you know like if you're showing up by yourself it's just I don't know like for me that's scary you know like I'm like well at least if I'm leading I can you know I have a reason <laughs> to be here. I, so. Yeah, I feel the exact same way, honestly. Sometimes it's like as a leader, it's it's like 
you know, I have to be there. So it's like, I just have to be like fearless and be like the person. And I love hosting. Like I'm, I live for that. Like I just hosted this past weekend for like New Year's Eve and everything. And I like, I'm like in my element when people are over at my house, I'm like, here, you want food? Like you need this, you need that. Like I'm such a like It's easier sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. It's so much easier sometimes, but like, you know, like I commend you too. Like you were my first, you and Claire were the first people that showed up to the first walk. And like the two other girls, like Simone and Brie that were there. I mean, they were my friends. Like they knew me. We didn't know each other. Oh, really? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you, I don't know if you knew that, but. No, I didn't. And you know, I think that's to me, like I, I know how important it has been for me and my experiences and things I've hosted or done where it's like the first people to come that you don't know, the first Mm -hmm. people to come that don't know you, but just see the vision or see the purpose. And that's how I felt for the hot girl walks. Like I was like, saw the Instagram ad and I was like, Ooh, immediate. Yes. (laughs) Like I'd been wanting to do things like that in my life. And, you know, like we said, it's scary showing up by yourself. So luckily Claire wanted to come with me and, but like, look at, you know, who, who knew like that's where this connection would take us. And, you know, I think it's so important like to just push past the fear and still try to do those things on your own. And, um, you know, I'm just, for me, like I love watching people start things and do things that I know are kind of scary and I know they're taking a risk but I love to be like you know a supporter you know obviously if it's something that I align with I love to be like yes you got this like even if I don't know the person well I'm just like I know that it takes a lot of courage to do this and you know I just think that like if we had more of that communal support for each other we'd have a better world (laughs) Absolutely. Like we need more of that in the world. So I hope what you do and what, you know, I do with Hot Girl Walk, um, you know, I hope we can just start building those kind of communities more and showing people and and leading by example and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, having more of these conversations because literally we wouldn't be here right now unless I guess like I I took a chance and I put something out on Instagram. Um, And I think that's really cool, like how many um, different connections can be formed in those kind of ways, whether it's on a retreat or on a walk or at an event, like just being open to um, forming connections with people. So yeah, I love that. I had a few like last questions for you. I can't believe okay. how long this has been. I feel like we could talk for like another hour, honestly. I'm sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, like, what is your biggest lesson that you learned in 2022? Hmm, that's a good question. So I think something that has been coming up for me a lot lately is the idea that I need to release expectations. Um, I think that when we, I tend to have high standards for people and experiences and things, and I hold myself to a really high standard. And I'm trying to release that. I'm trying to release the need. And it's not even like releasing, it, like I, wanting to everything to be perfect. It's more of like, having this strong desire, like I want everything to be intentional and I want everything to be fun. And I want, you know, to find meaning in everything, you know, I I see that in my own astrology chart. And so I'm trying to learn that it's okay if it's not. And so I think one big lesson that I literally had shown to me on New Year's Eve of 2022, just a few days ago was like, not everything has to be perfect. Not everything has to be intentional. And sometimes you just need to listen to your intuition. And if things aren't as, you know, quote, exciting as you'd like them to be, like, that's the experience you're meant to have. So that's definitely something that I'm trying to bring into the new year for sure. Yeah, that just reminded me of like, my favorite quote, which is life happens for you, not to you. Mm. And it's like, okay, like, yeah, releasing those expectations, just letting life happen. Even if you go through something that's like a big struggle in your life, know that it's happening for your best good at the end of the day. 
Um, and I think that's so hard in the midst of things. Yes. Especially, you know, if you're hard on yourself, I'm super hard on myself too sometimes. Um, and it's so hard to like let go of those expectations, but it's such a beautiful thing when you can let go of them. So yeah, I love I, that. No, couldn't, couldn't agree anymore. It's like when we allow ourselves to flow with experiences rather than trying to force experiences, that's where like the miracles come in, you know? Totally. I love that line. <laughs> the miracles are all flowing in for us this yes. year. Yes. I know it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so what's one piece of advice you would give your younger self? Ooh, I ask people this question all the time and I don't even know what I would tell my younger, <laughs> younger self. So I, let's see, what do I initially think of? I would tell my younger self that some of your hardest days are going to be your biggest teachers, probably. I think some of the hardest things in my life have been the things that have shaped me and have honestly led me to where I am today. So for that, I'm grateful and I would just remind young Marky of that. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you, Marky. I'm so happy you could be here today. And, um, you know, where can everybody find you and connect with you? Yeah, um, I would love to chat with anyone um, about astrology or yoga or anything, uh, anything related. So you can catch me mostly on Instagram. I'm at Suka by Marky. That's S-U-K-H-A by Marky. Um, you can also, I, same website, sukabymarky.com. Feel free to email me, DM me, whatever. I would love to connect with anyone. Awesome. And I will be adding all your links and everything to the show notes too. So people can just easily go in there and click on your links. Um, but yeah, guys, we will have some hopefully very exciting retreats soon. Um, Marky and I have tentatively talked about um, a retreat local to Michigan, maybe like a one day retreat or something like that in the spring. And then um, we may have something else going on to maybe in Michigan, maybe somewhere in the Midwest, but you know, everything's tentative right now. So when I have those details, I will um, post them and they will definitely be all over our Instagrams, I'm sure. So for sure, well, I cannot wait. Yeah, I can't wait either. Thank you so much, Marky. Thank you.